Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Faye Hall from Smith & Williamson's Divorce Services Group. Now, this is going to be a really interesting episode for you if you are struggling to find out more about the finances in your separation. Maybe your ex is hiding information. Now, Faye has specialized in forensic accounting for over 20 years. She is a forensic accountant with a particular focus on financial remedies for divorce proceedings. She has valued companies across the UK and in offshore jurisdictions as well. And she's provided expert accountancy evidence in the High Court for family proceedings and arbitration hearings. And she's also assisted in mediations. So I am super excited to welcome Faye Hall to the show. Welcome, Faye. Thank you very much. Well, I'm excited to have you here because I I know I've had some dealings personally with your firm in the past and found to be extremely helpful. So please just tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I'm a partner in the forensic accounting team of Smith & Williamson. Uh, Forensic accounting, not one of those terms maybe that's widely understood, but um, predominantly it means that we assist parties, private clients or commercial parties that are going through a dispute. So, and we help. Um, people understand what the number is. Yeah, I mean, forensic accounting sounds like something of some sort of police drama, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> but it is very useful. So, I mean, for my listeners who are, a lot of them are going through a divorce, a lot of them yeah. are coming out of toxic, maybe abusive relationships. Things can get very difficult. So tell us how you can help specifically in maybe a divorce proceeding mm-hmm. uh, when maybe information isn't freeing as flowing as freely as it could do about assets and financial information what what sort of areas would you look at okay so um predominantly obviously if the trust is broken down then there's also a mistrust about the the information that might be available to both sides so um we can do two things we can either assist in requesting the information that's missing so we can review what's been made available by both sides and then we can do a gap analysis we can find out where we think the gaps are and we know what should exist as accountants so we can then ask for what we think should exist and obviously assist the parties in both getting to see the information they need and once we've got that and hopefully we've got a clear picture and a complete picture of the information we can actually delve down and form a view of what various assets of the marriage are worth. So maybe business assets or an income stream and the likely future values of those as well. I mean, that's really helpful. I know that a lot of my clients often say to me, well, I know there's more money out there or I know there's something or for example, you know, the business, I know it's worth more than they've put maybe in their form E, which is one of the pieces of paperwork over here yes. in the UK that we have. Um, as you go through the divorce process, is this something that you see a lot of, and ha- and how can you get involved with those cases where maybe there's a business where you know that we just don't know how much it's worth? 
Okay, so what, what the court wants to know or what the parties both should um, understand is they want to know what the business is worth if it was sold today. So I know it's a hypothetical scenario and the business isn't going to be sold today, but in order to put a value on it, like you would with the house or, or other assets or cars or jewellery or whatever, you're trying to find out what it's worth today if it was sold. So in order to do that, you um, obviously I know how to value a company for market purposes and therefore we look at all the financial information available. Hopefully we get access to the company's accountants or other people within the company that we can talk to that are not one of the parties to the divorce so we can get a, a more independent view ask the right questions find out what's happening why things have changed they've often changed be it for the divorce or be it for other market reasons things often change obviously within the running of a business and once you've asked all the right questions you can actually form a view of what you think it could be sold for and that's what everybody wants to know because that's the value that then can go on the asset schedule along with all of the other assets of the marriage, the house, the car, the pension. And you can hopefully, in theory, then divide it nicely between the parties. That's the theory. Yeah, that's the theory. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? I mean, you know, in an amicable breakup, I can see yes. that, you know, having somebody like you come in and you give the information and you know, committed to getting a fair outcome. So, you know, you look at it from both sides and then you put your view forward. What happens if there's high conflict? Um, you know, obviously I've got a scenario right now actually where the husband is is valuing it very, very low, but the wife has an opinion that it's much higher. Now at this stage, you know, we don't know, but you know, yeah. would you just have, I mean, I know in some cases each of the parties can have their own experts, right? So yes. how does that work? Well, if, if you have your own expert, then obviously that expert has an in-depth knowledge of the arguments that each party is trying to run, i.e. to get the value higher or to get the value lower. Or you can act as a single joint expert, which you, know, you can have as well, which the court then appoints an expert to effectively sit in the middle of the parties to give a balanced view, take into account both sides and actually work out which, if, if either argument, impacts on what the business could sell for. The real issue, I think, in, in divorce matters is that the business owner has to actually consider themselves as the seller of the business because it's the market value, i.e. they may want the, the value really low for the purposes of the divorce. But actually, if they were selling this business and they were marketing it for sale, they would be putting a very, very different picture forwards. And as the expert in the matter, the accountancy expert, that is actually what you're trying to do. Now, there may be reasons why the, the actual value of the business is lower or may, you know, to a, to, a, to a buyer out there. And, you know, there may be issues in the fact that one of the parties is really key to the business and without them, the business may be worth less. So you have to take that into account. But ultimately, there's a real conflict in a divorce between trying to argue a lower value for because of the divorce and actually then putting your shoes into what you would do if you were trying to sell the business because the, the you'd be saying the value would be higher so it's trying to make the parties understand that actually yes you know while they want a lower value you have to actually include the market value in the divorce proceedings and I guess it also is that it just stresses how important it is to get a decent reputable expert to come in who's not going to be you know he's going to look at it from as neutral position as possible yeah. right yeah you have to be independent i mean whilst the company accountant 
may have known the company and, and one or other of the parties for a very, very long time, unfortunately may not be experienced in providing valuations for divorce purposes. And there are specific things that you need to consider for divorce. And obviously, and they may just say, okay, it's looking at the balance sheet. You know, it's worth X because that's what the balance sheet says. Now that's not how a buyer of the business would actually appraise the value. So when you when you say the specifics for divorce, what what's different about a divorce process? Well, well, it is trying to work out what's maintainable, what's fair to the parties. You do have to sometimes you have to look at, um, you know, whether or not the business itself could fund a settlement to one party or the other. If if you put, you know, um, a certain amount on it, could there be an argument that the husband or the wife have to leave the business? And does that impact on the business, the value going forward? So. In a, you, you do have to firstly look at the market value, but you do have to then understand the specifics of the individuals involved. I suppose if, if the business is then, you know, got to make a massive payout, that could destabilise yes. the future of the business as well. So that's structuring how that works. Is that is that how it works? That That's very much. I mean, the courts um, or the parties want to know, you know, if you value it just using round numbers, if you value it at a million pounds and therefore it's, £500,000 each, which are big numbers, but I'm just rounding for the sake of this, then could the business actually afford to pay out half a million pounds? Could it borrow half a million pounds? Could it sell a property? Does it impact the, the court that never wants to jeopardise the ongoing trade of the business post any settlement? So for me, it's not it's A, putting a value on the company, but B, it's actually working out, are there any surplus assets there? Is the cash there? And then what are the tax consequences of getting the money out because we all know you do anything these days the tax man wants cut so you know it's never just the the you know the, the first number you arrive at there are tax implications of doing anything so you have to be very careful yeah and I guess also it's such a tricky role you have because yeah the business might look to have a lot of potential but then obviously you know what happens moving forward we can't predict I mean it might look to be on a certain trajectory but that could all change potentially due to market changes or whatever I mean have you seen a big difference with Covid in the last couple of years has that impacted businesses? Um, yeah Covid Covid's um, when I first thought, um, started talking about Covid kind of back in March April 2020 when we were all just kind of reeling with it you basically thought yes it was going to be an absolute nightmare and it and it is a nightmare but it's actually shown positive as well as negative impacts so we've valued businesses for divorce in the last 12 months that have actually done really well as well as those that have done really badly so you've got kind of for example just being generic DIY businesses done brilliantly hotel chains done terribly however in in the in both instances you have to take a view on what's maintainable so those which have done very well may not actually continue to do that well going forward so you have to factor that in and those that have done terribly will recover hopefully fingers crossed however they may have more debt that they're carrying going forward so actually they're not going to be worth as much so it, it's it's kind of nowhere near as doom and gloom I don't think as it as we initially thought but it's certainly tested um, the kind of the norms that we would just do for evaluation exercise seen it increase the number of people so pushing through divorces at the moment because their businesses could potentially due to covid be valued at less is that happening that, that's the cynical view i haven't actually seen it although i have actually seen 
um, an increase in divorce numbers. My, I've been busy, busier than expected. And also um, the courts, especially in the UK, haven't stopped throughout COVID. So hearings have all continued remotely. So it's actually kept going and, and quicker in some respects because a remote hearing is quicker to do than everybody getting in court for a few days. So I think it's managed to enable hearings to be listed more easily. So from my perspective, it's, it's kind of continued a pace. I mean, yes, cynically, you would think that those businesses that haven't done very well, it's a great time to get divorced. But I haven't actually seen that many of those. And maybe they've got bigger bigger things going on. I don't know. I'm just getting cynical in my old age. <laughs> no, here, I'm, maybe. That's me. <laughs> Um, I mean, one of the things I know happens a lot because I see it every day in my coaching clinic is money is hidden. Things get confusing. Bank accounts just sort of disappear. You know, there are quite a lot of my clients who don't really get too involved in the finances. So suddenly it comes to the divorce. They've lived a certain standard of living, but suddenly that's all under threat because the money seems to have somewhat evaporated. Yeah, how can you help with that, that uncertainty, that just not knowing? Because I know a judge can only make a decision on what there is evidence to prove. So, yes. so how do you help in those scenarios? Okay, so um, you mentioned the form earlier. So the starting point usually is the form or, or the equivalent, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, um, as to what has been disclosed. It's not rocket science, but a real kind of, we have these programs that just scan in all the bank statements and the credit card statements and convert things to Excel. And then you can trace stuff. So you can follow the money around all of these accounts and just putting it into Excel makes it so much easier to do. Um, and then you can obviously, based on the bank statement narrative or the credit card narrative, you can spot gaps, you know, stuff moves and you can't see the other side of it. So where's it gone? So it just enables you to ask the right questions. And if stuff goes uh, overseas or you might see an asset that's purchased that you hasn't, again, been disclosed as part of the divorce, then it's just a case of asking the right questions. From my perspective, again, knowledge and experience of, of kind of things that have happened over the years in similar cases, you kind of get a feeling for what documentation should exist. And it's very easy when things go offshore, for example, they, they just say, doesn't exist it's gone offshore it's in Jersey I don't have to do this I don't have to do that I don't have to disclose you know my my financial statements I don't have to do a tax return well that's all very well but in most jurisdictions you're still required to keep books and records so it's just a case of not asking for the financial statements but you ask for the books and records which may be just a written written journal but it's still a book and a record of the finances and I think for a forensic accountant it, it is there are you are just an investigator you but you have to unfortunately you can only go so far as you can go and but there are cases that warrant then investigators who will fly in as well so we, we use we use investigators where we need to <laughs> so there Ooh, are other that ways to meet sometimes. yes i know that that sounds like the really the really nitty-gritty bit so yeah we, we use firms um all over the world that will you know if you need to know jurisdictions know the way the things work know the equivalent of um you know the the company's house or whatever reporting authorities there are and actually see or land registries and you know, find information that we actually can't find from our desks. I have clients that have hired private detectives in yes. the past. 
is that what you're talking about here? What's the difference between what they do and what you do as a forensic accountant? It's, yeah, so pretty much. I mean, we hire them on a corporate basis, but yeah, they, they go in and they're actually on the on the ground in these jurisdictions and they then can find out more information. I, th- I think they speak the language, they know what exists, they know how the jurisdiction operates, whereas from the UK, yes, we can, you know, do all the internet searches and we have access to databases and things like that. But ultimately, we're still reliant on data, effectively, that's in the public domain. They're not necessarily um, limited to just public, publicly available information. It is legitimate information. It can all be disclosed in a court, but it's actually what they can do by actually landing wherever they, in whatever country they need to land in and on our behalf, gather information and intelligence for us. That's an exciting job, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds, Sounds better, exciting. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. I mean, I know that this process can be quite expensive, can't it? So, yes. I mean, if someone's sat listening to this at home going, well, that's me. I know there's more money out there, but I don't know where to start. What would your advice be? Um, I think the cost can be limited if it's just not a fishing expedition. If it's a targeted Um, you know I know there's money in this country I know there's a bank account in this country I know there's an asset or a house in this country then that makes it far cheaper and far easier it's when you think okay so it may be that you start with a desktop analysis and you narrow down the options because if you just go on a kind of a worldwide fishing expedition yeah costs are just going to be disproportionate probably so it's all about and it's all about keeping an eye on what you think may exist value-wise based on what you think your household income may have been or your access to you know over the years so therefore what is the potential pot that's gone missing and then always keep an eye that your cost should be proportionate to the you know the benefit that may you may or may not find and there is always a chance that you just won't find it I think that's the thing. It's about managing your expectations and understanding. I mean, you know, it can make a huge difference to the settlement, Mm -hmm. obviously, if you do find some of this. And I think in some cases, you know, I've seen with some clients that when they've proved that enough has moved around or enough has disappeared, there's no, yeah, there is a gap, then judges may take that into consideration. Yes, they can. uh, Yeah. I mean, but in a lot of cases, if, you know, searching for that pot at the end of the rainbow, if there's no evidence, there's no clues. 
then that's just not included, which is, is really tough and devastating. If we can't find it, we draw as much of an inference as we can. So if we if we can put a kind of a feel for how much you think did exist, but for example, you reach a really complicated trust structure at the end of this and the trusts are not willing to disclose, which can be actually quite common. Trust structures these days as well do really are can be infuriating and really kind of stop the process for, for getting a real feel for for overall value. So you might not know, you might find out what went into the trust at some point in time, but you don't know how that trust has then accumulated well since that point in time. And you, you can't, just because for whatever jurisdiction it's in, it won't disclose, it won't comply with the court order or whatever, but you can infer and you can imply that there's value there. And even though you can't put a figure on it, the court will then take a view. Well, that's encouraging, I guess. I yeah. mean, one of the things, one of the things that any of my listeners who have been in an abusive, toxic relationship will know that the the confusing gaslighting behaviour that happens during the relationship doesn't stop when you get divorced or you separate. And that this is one of the ways where it can really manifest. So, yes. do you find that you're sent documents because actually asking for documents and not getting them is obviously a common tactic for for difficult people. I call them, you know, difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also sending over information that you know, maybe isn't formatted. So the spreadsheets cross like 10, 20 pages or, you know, how do you start with that? You know, do you have any sort of ways to get information if they're not sending it or they're sending it in ways that is just isn't helpful for you? I think I'm probably just not faced by that anymore. I think I'm used to it. So um, any information is good, is better than no information. Um, however, if they're trying to tell a story that's potentially not correct, there are ways of testing it. And there are certainly ways of asking the right questions to um, kind of prove that it may not align with other things. I mean, I, th- I think real thing with trying to, to spin a story that isn't that close to reality is there will be other information out there which doesn't align with what you're trying to be told. and. You mentioned cynicism earlier. I mean, forensic accountants are born cynics. That's what we are. So, you know, while you're trying to assist and you're trying to help the court and you're trying to help the parties, towing a reasonable line is really where you, what you're trying to do at all times. And just because one party tells you something, that isn't a reason to, without evidence, to take it at face value. Yeah. I guess that can be quite tough, though. I mean, I know that you work, you know, you might be instructed by lawyers, but you do a lot of work with the clients as well. I mean, do yes. you see a lot of emotional fallout? I mean, there must be for people who are you know, so anxious. I mean, finances is a, is a huge part of certainty for the future. So how, how do you deal with that? We are predominantly instructed by solicitors. So we are one step removed. However, in order to get a lot of our information and to hear both sides of the story, particularly when you're the single joint expert, you do have to meet with both parties and both parties, especially if you're dealing with a family business, will have a view on how it's operated over the years and how it may operate going forward. And there are often two very different outlooks to the same story for obvious reasons. And there's a lot of mistrust because if mistrust, obviously with the relationship breakdown and there's lack of trust in other areas and that just feeds through to everything that we're being told. And we have to appreciate that. So it's always good to get both sides to say what they think, but ultimately it comes down to what the documents are telling me. So, and 
whilst it's a set of financial statements and we all know that they are not always worth the paper they're written on it's another kind of um piece to the puzzle and it's putting all the pieces yeah. to the puzzle and and seeing you know where i think the reasonable line lies sure i mean if you've got integrity which obviously you do you know then and you're doing the right thing then you know yeah how it is we can't change that that is you know the the answer i guess so yeah i mean it must be tough i mean i see a lot of emotions in my yeah. job and you know just best supporting but again just you've got to do the right thing and that's obviously what you guys are doing so i know you also work in mediation scenarios now i guess that's more of a amicable split because obviously you wouldn't be recommending mediation for the really toxic relationships mm -hmm. or not as a first stop anyway so how does that work how can forensic accountants help you with mediation Medi mediation can be i mean often you are just um, appointed by one party so you know on the day you have you're in one room with one side the other but you will get together hopefully um or you know the mediator will go between the rooms and see the stories it's more of an education piece i think with mediation because numbers and arguments are being batted backwards and forwards but it really is a case of actually you know it's whilst they're really really set to one position it's actually also playing the role of devil's advocate and because there are always two sides to every story and, and yes that might you might not really believe that but there are other weaknesses here and there are other strengths there and it's kind of it's putting it all into the mix with mediation it's the ability to have a really good conversation about the issues about the strengths and weaknesses of both arguments i think and to hopefully ultimately reach a resolution without needing a court process and i think anybody who's been through a court process knows that you lose a certain element of control when you hit when you enter that courtroom because strengths of different witnesses strengths of different barristers the opinion of the judge there are a lot of elements in the mix in a courtroom that you you and you do lose control so um all the parties lose control and it's just it it, it kind of it is a bit of a lottery sometimes yeah and I often say instead of courts, you say casino because you really, it just depends. <laughs> so good. many yeah. moving factors in the family yeah. courts, that's for sure. Yes. Don't get me started for the family courts. We'll be here <laughs> <Okay>. all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, obviously, if mediation is possible, then obviously it's a great way yeah. to go. And having someone like you by, by the side who can only give reassurance and, and more clarity. And I think once you've got more clarity, Yes. you're able to make a better decision and i think that's what this is all about really isn't it yeah. just getting through through all the mess all the noise maybe the gaslighting and confusion and just working out well this is what it is you, it may not be the answer you'd hope no. for but actually this is what it is so we work yeah. with, with that I, I think if both parties sometimes come out with an answer they're not happy with then actually it's the right answer that might be a bit of a weird one but because i've sat as a single joint expert so many times and I'm too high for one and I'm too low for the other. And they're both arguing with me and they're both asking me questions and, you know, criticizing my answer that actually it's probably about right. Sometimes if one party's really happy with the outcome, you think, I don't much, never sure that that's the right outcome either. So. <laughs> Gosh, you've got to have a real strength of character to do what you do, <laughs> really you do. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of my listeners are thinking, gosh, how do I find out more about Faye and her work and her services? Where can they find out more about what you do, Faye? Okay, so, well, um, obviously the website, Smith & Williamson website is um, 
this tells about obviously the, the services that the forensic accounting team provides. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, usual social media. So nice. smithandwilliamson.com and Tilney, you'll see reference to them as well, but that's more on the investment management side and financial planning. So um, not forensic accounting. Now I have one last question for you that I ask all my guests and given your job, I think it's probably quite important. Okay. My podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is so that when you're having a tough day, like you must have at work quite often, that you know what happiness is for you. So what is happiness for you, Faith? Happiness for me is uh, a dog walk randomly with my two children and husband. Um, no, nobody really wants to go when I suggest it, but when we get out, we have a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> that rings very true, my son. I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> yes, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. That's so much useful information. Thank you so much, Faye, for joining me and being a fabulous guest. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to smithandwilliamson.com to find out more about Faye and her services. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.